for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. talking about praying for keeps. We are doing a series on um, Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, and in Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, he prays this very long, one entire chapter prayer. And the thing that we, we know about this prayer is that when Jesus asks for things, what happens? It happens, right? He gets whatever he asks for. If Glenn asks for something, there's a good chance. If Sandy, not so much. No, just, no, just, just kidding. We know that Jesus' authority to ask for something from the Father is absolute. And so when Jesus asks for these things in this prayer, it's not sort of a vain hope. It's not a, a maybe. But what the, thing, the things that Jesus asks for in this prayer are things that we are given in Christ. And the things that we are given are where our confidence lies. We know who we are and we know where we stand. Today, and over the next couple of weeks that I preach to you, I'm going to be talking about Jesus' prayer for keeping us. So I'm talking about praying for keeps. Does that sound, is that funny? A little bit of, sorry, it's a dad joke. Praying for keeps. And we're going to look at the prayers found in John chapter 17, verses 6 to 16. But I just want to, just for time's sake, I just want to move on into the content. This is a fundamental thing. What is Jesus's? He keeps. Okay, what is Jesus's? He keeps. Um, did your mom ever tell you to take care of your toys? Right? They buy you something good, your mommy and dad, and they'd buy you something nice, and they'd say to you, you better take care of this, because this is yours. And did you ever do that? You ever do that with your kids? You know, this is yours now, you better take care of it. Now, what happens if you don't take care of it? It gets wrecked. But whose responsibility was, was it to take care of it? it? It's your responsibility to take care of the things that have been entrusted to you. And here's the fundamental fact in the prayer of Jesus. You have been entrusted to the care of Jesus Christ. You, listen, you have been entrusted to the care of Jesus Christ. Is Jesus going to treat you like you treated your toys? No, Jesus is not going to be irresponsible with what's been entrusted to him, but Jesus is going to be completely committed to that. And he has prayed for the right to keep you. Jesus Christ prayed to the Father that he would have the right to keep you. And the Father said yes. Now, I want to start out in teaching about this with, a, with just a simple lesson on the idea of authority. Um, most people don't understand the importance of authority, and even though we see it in our lives all of the time. I, I, was, I was a youth pastor for a very long time, probably about 12 years, and one of the things that always used to amaze me when I, being a youth pastor is that the young people would listen to me at all. 
Because I'm, I'm not their parent, right? So I don't have the punishment controls that the parents have with the know this and then yes that and then the stay home. and you know I don't have any of the punishment powers, but yet the young people would listen to me. And I figured it out eventually. Okay? I'll, I'll figure... Sorry, young people. I'm just about to ruin your, your life here and tell you what's been happening to you. When you have authority as a youth leader... Just tell you youth leaders over here. It's a complete bluff. You just pretend like you've got authority. Hey, you kids, get down from there. You can't do nothing about it. If they want to be up there, they're going to be up there. If you want to get them down from there, you know, I know you guys are going like this. You don't have authority to punch anybody. If you punch people, there are other authority figures that are going to call. You're going to be accountable, right? So you see, hey, you get down. You can't get them down from there. You need to get their parents to get them down from there. And if their parents' authority fails, which, by the way, it sometimes will, then the legal authorities of the land will come and get them down from there. Or eventually, the greatest law of the land will win, gravity. (laughs) And it will get them down from there when they do enough stupid things. But authority is something that's built into the fabric of the way that we practice life. And I just want to show you this one encounter that Jesus has with a person who is a former government employee. He's a former soldier. He, he was a centurion, so he was in charge of a lot of people, but he was a very good guy. He wasn't some sort of mongrel scoundrel. He was a really good guy. And because he's such a good guy in the community... Uh, other people represent his needs to Jesus. And they say, can you help this guy out? He's got a servant that's sick. So they send word to Jesus, come and heal this centurion's servant. And when Jesus goes to go there, when he he was not far from his house, this is where we'll pick up the story, the centurion sent friends and said to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, because I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, what this centurion knows is that he has lived a life where the only thing and the most powerful thing that he had to effect change was he had authority to tell people what to do. As a centurion sent 100, he had up to 100 soldiers in his command that he had the legal power to say, you, go charge that battle line. On my own, sir? Yes, on your own, sir. Why aren't you doing it now? Move, move, move. Why are you taking your sword and shield? I just said charge. He had a legal authority to tell a human being to throw their life away. And if that soldier did not obey his authority, then that soldier would be punished by the authority that that centurion held. And the centurion could take his soldier's life. You see... He had authority, and he knows exactly what it's like to have authority. I simply need to tell somebody to do something, and they will do it. I don't even physically have to touch them. My authority and my word is enough to make it happen. Now, he's speaking about healing. 
So he knows that Jesus has authority over sickness. And Jesus merely has to say the word, be healed. And that servant, no matter where he is in the world, will instantly be healed. This centurion has the faith that we're supposed to have, the confidence that Jesus has enough authority that any kind of illness or sickness or problem or demonic thing that, that can possibly exist will obey his voice as soon as he says it. Be healed. Now, in the story, that's exactly what, it happened, what happened. Except also Jesus said, that guy has great faith. And he was surprised. If you understand authority, you know that if you are given authority for something, then it automatically happens according to your words. Now, it's very important because in Australia, we have a constitution. And the life that you live here in Australia is protected by that constitution. And if anyone ever tries to do anything outside of that constitution, it will be punished by the powers within the constitution. Now, what that means is this. You know that if you do something wrong, you'll go before a judge, a person in a gray wig, right? And that judge will pronounce a sentence over you or pronounce uh, a punishment for you or will decide that you are not guilty of punishment. But if they do that, they always do it according to the Constitution. If the, co- if the judge doesn't do it according to the Constitution, what happens? It's not legal. It can be challenged and it'll be overturned. What about those police officers that are out there bossing you around and telling you what to do and giving you a ticket for driving slightly over the speed limit? Has it happened to you? And you felt like, come on, go get some real criminals. What am I? <laughs> but the police, where do they get their authority from? Well, they get the authority ultimately from the Constitution. But the Constitution empowers a court system, a legal system. See those people that with their backs to you in that photo as they're walking away from you as you've been locked in that jail cell? Uh, try this. No, don't try this. Pretend trying this. Go and get somebody and lock them up permanently and see if you can get away with that. But those guys walking away are not going to be put in jail or hauled before the court because they locked somebody up, are they? Why? Because they have the legal power to lock people up. And where does that power come from? The Constitution. Now, the Constitution also guarantees good things for you. It guarantees your human rights. And if anybody tries to take away those human rights, even the judge, even the lawyers, even the police officers, even the jail people, if they take away your human rights, then they are subject to the laws of the Constitution. The reason that you can go down to the beach and play cricket and enjoy your freedom and not have some government come along and take you and your children and put you into jail is because there is a Constitution that protects you. You also have the power to protest against the Constitution and protest against the powers because those things are guaranteed for you in the Constitution. You need to know this. Almost everything in your life is in some way either empowered or punished by the Constitution of Australia. I live here under the power of the Australian Constitution, but I'm a Canadian. But you know what? If I go, hey, in Canada, that's not illegal. I'm going to do it anyway. I can do whatever Canadians can do. Do you know what they're going to do to you here in Australia? They're going to lock me up or whatever. I don't know. 
Canadians don't generally do a lot of things different than Australians, but suppose there was something, all right? I have to live under the power of the Australian Constitution. The reason I'm saying this is because we get the authority from the Constitution. And the details of the Constitution, or covenant of heaven, are found in the prayer of its Lord. The details of the covenant that we have with God are found in the prayer of our senior lawyer. The lawyer who went before the Father and said, this is what I want guaranteed for me and the people. Do do you hear me? Jesus Christ, who in 1 John chapter 2 is called our advocate, The advocate for our souls goes before the heavenly throne room and says, here is the act of the constitution of heaven. I'm presenting it to you. Do you say yes? Once the father says yes, then every element that Christ asked for is guaranteed under his covenant. Now, I'll tell you this. Ignorance is not bliss. If you don't know your rights... And if you don't know what's outside of the Constitution, then you are going to suffer from your ignorance. You guys, one of my favorite movies, and probably it should be yours too, just saying, is the movie The Castle. As that needs to be, there needs to be some education thing that makes people watch The Castle, forces them. That needs to be in the Constitution. Thou shalt watch The Castle. And in The Castle, the... uh, Mr. Kerrigan is having his house and his land taken from him by the federal government in order to expand the airport. But there is another way that the airport could have been expanded, but it was just more costly and they didn't want to do it. So he fights the Australian government in order to keep his house next to the airport. But he chooses a lawyer who does not understand the Constitution. And so Mr. Dennis... Denuto. When the judge says to him, why should I overturn this? What, what are you telling me that's wrong? What, what, what evidence are you giving? He pulls out the Constitution and says, it's just the vibe of the thing. But because he cannot present the written rules in the Constitution, Mr. Kerrigan is still going to lose his land. Can, can you just pay close attention to me? The devil and the world are going to rip you off if you don't know what is guaranteed to you. You are going to live a life that is very different than the life that you would live if you knew what your rights were according to the Constitution of Heaven. And you can't just kind of go, well, it's kind of the vibe of the thing. You know, Jesus died in such and such. You have to know what is given to you. So today, this is the authority that Christ has. I just want to represent the level of his authority. One time, a demonic uh, person possessed by a demon confronts Jesus. And he says, ha, which is a great debating point. Uh, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? 
What's, what if the answer is yes? <laughs> what are you winning there? Anyway, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. <laughs> is this guy burying himself or what? I don't know. Anyway, so dem- demonics are not very good at arguing. But Jesus rebuked him saying, uh, be silent and come out of him. And when the, demon had got thrown, when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So they, what the world is recognizing that when Jesus speaks, he speaks with full authority and every single spirit who knows his authority obeys him. He, when Jesus finishes his ministry, his authority level goes up, not down, because in dying for all mankind, he extends his authority over all mankind, heaven and earth and under the earth. And Jesus said, came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus not only says my authority is everything, but he invites people to come into his authority. Come under his authority. Baptize people in my name. Do you know why it's so important to get baptized? So that you fully immerse yourself in Christ and become part of his covenant. Come under my authority and then live out my authority. And don't worry, I am with you every step of your life. The one with all of the power lives with us. Now this is Jesus' prayer. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, I'm going to just sort of give you a a giant break right now. I, I have for years read John chapter 17 and kind of feel like I'm, I'm like reading word scramble. Do you you know what? Like you just, why did you, what did the, who did the, like it's kind of a bit Yoda-ish. Ah, yours they were, mine they are, kept your word they have. And you're like, what did the, you, you feel like you're, you feel like you're in this conversation that you don't know where it's going. That's why, that ultimately was why I was convinced it's legal talk. Because Christ Jesus is praying the precise words that guarantee his authority in your life. After he finishes praying this, there is nothing that can undo it. And he prays this. I, Jesus Christ, he's manifested the Father, the Father's name to the people. The ones that you gave me have heard you and they have seen you. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. So I want you to see those two things. You gave them to me, and they kept your word. The first one of those things should fill you with great peace, but only if you understand what the second thing is. So to keep the constitution of heaven, you need to understand this. He keeps us with his word and by his name. He keeps us with his word and by his name. There are only two things that are elevated. 
the word and the name of God. The word of God is elevated and the name of God is elevated. These two things have sole authority in heaven and earth, the word and the name. Jesus said, I am keeping you by the highest authorities. I keep you by the word and by the name of God. Now, secondly, we keep his word to us. We keep his word to us. Listen to this extremely possessive prayer. That first part, he keeps us. John 17, verses 9 to 10. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world. I am not praying for the people outside of my authority. I am, this prayer does not apply to everybody. This prayer applies to mine. I am not praying for the world, but for those that you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now, can you see the legal talk in there? You know, if section party A will commit to covenant entering part B, underrepresented by constitutional this, that. And you know, have you ever read legal documents? The reason you stop reading them is because you can't understand what they're saying. And so you get pay lawyers to understand what they're saying so they can charge you a lot of money and basically say it to you in very plain English. Right? <laughs> Which they could have done at the first, but then it wouldn't have been legal and it wouldn't have been guaranteed. This is how Jesus prays. I am praying for those that you gave me. They were yours but all of mine are yours and all of yours are mine and I'll be glorified in all of them. I, I, want you to, I just want you to see this. This will change your life. If you knew that you were possessed by God, your whole life is owned by him. Every detail of your life, every detail of your heart, every detail of your past, every detail of who you are is possessed, not like demonic possession, but owned by God. He takes full responsibility for you. Do you ever notice how you treat your stuff differently than you treat other people's stuff? Right? Like if you have something, you really take care of it. I, I, I was given two daughters to raise. When those daughters are, were mine and under my authority in my house... I treated them very differently than the children down the street. Very rarely did I execute punishment on others from down the street. There was Nick and Claire, but that's, you know, their neighbors. Greg and Linda gave us authority to punish Nick and Claire when they're at our house for doing the wrong thing. But just, just say, our authority extends to those who are ours. And there is nothing in the world that would ever separate me from the protection that I wanted to give my children. There's nothing. I, one thing I learned from my dad growing up is that he was ferocious when it came to my welfare. He, I just always felt that anytime my dad was around, that was dangerous for other people if they ever happened to hurt me. Because I just, I don't know... You know, I don't know, you get this impression when you're little and your dad's big and he's really grumpy and, and quite strong, that you get this impression that he's just a danger to people. But he was just, you don't touch Joey. No, 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 no. You don't talk to my son. 
You don't talk to him now. He's like, he's just crazy. But he never did that for any other kids except for his own. Now, I want you to know this. God, your father, in the authority of Jesus Christ, is that pit bull of heaven to protect you, to watch over you and to keep you because you have become his and he's going to go crazy if anything hurts you. Now, second to that, and this is probably the most confusing part, and I want to go through it just so that you can see that there's a lack of confidence when you don't get this. So Jesus also prays, I have manifested your name to the people that you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. And they've kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. They get the father-son connection. For I have given them the words that you gave me. So Jesus gives us words. Where do the words come from? They come from the Father. And they received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. They're, they're getting this. Can you get this? Just hold on. Everything that Jesus says comes from the Father. When you believe that, and you keep those words, you become his. Now, I'll show you another prayer with Jesus, um, discussion where Jesus is saying a very similar thing. John 14, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but it's the Father who sent me. So again, he's saying, my words are the Father's words. Do you keep those words? If you keep those words, then the Father and I myself will come and live in you. This is called being born again. If you believe the testimony of Jesus from the Father, then the Father will come and live in you. The Son will live in you. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit, they will live in you if you believe and keep his words. Now, the whole problem I find today is that people don't know what it means to keep his words. What do you mean keep his words? Do, does that mean I have to obey all the commands? What does it mean to keep his word? I want to give you this giant hint. It's not the old covenant. It's not the old constitution of heaven. It's the new covenant. Here, here is the new covenant. Oh, this, is the old, this is what the old covenant is kind of like. My son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Here's the old covenant. If you do the good things that I command, then I will watch over you. If you are good, then I will bless you. Now, hands up who was able to keep all of God's words. Sorry. Nobody can keep the words. Now, here's the covenant. If you don't keep the words, what happens to you? You're under a curse. You can't live by the, by the things that you do. You can't keep the words of the... Listen, you can't keep the words of the old covenant. Because you're not able to. So we needed a new covenant. 
a new covenant where God would empower us to live in his words, to get life from his words. When he talks about the new covenant in Hebrews chapter 10, he says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my, my laws not in their heads, not on a stone tablet. I will write them on their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Because where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer offering for sin. What is the covenant testimony of Jesus Christ? If you believe my words about what my cross is about, what my death is about, and what my resurrection is about, if you put your faith in me, then I will live in you. And I will write myself on your heart and on your mind. And you will be able to walk in that covenant. Why? Because your sins are forgiven. The old covenant made you aware of sins. The new covenant makes you understand that your sins are removed. And if you know that, if you put your faith in those words, you have a deep assurance that you are pure before God, that you are not a sinner, that you are not a failure in the covenant. If you believe in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you, your confidence level soars because you know, I kept his word, now he will keep his word for me. But if you live in fear and in doubt, thinking, oh, was I good enough today? Did I do the right thing? Did I keep all of the words? When you live under that, you live in constant fear about God's protection and help and love for you. You must keep the word of Jesus Christ, the new covenant, not the Mosaic covenant. Keep the new covenant where Jesus said, I will die for you. Put your faith in my righteousness and receive it as a gift. Now, in John chapter 17, verses 9 and 10, this is him talking about him keeping his covenant. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those that you've given me, because they are yours, and all mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I'm going to be glorified in them, because they are about to become different people as soon as they know that they are yours. So, I want to finish today with understanding the authority that we have by being under the authority of God's word. God says this about himself and his words. Psalm chapter 12. The words of the Lord are pure words. Like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. O Lord, you will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side, the wicked prowl as vileness is exalted among the children of men. That is the world. But under us and under the authority of the word of God, you, O Lord, will keep them and guard this generation forever. Oh. Oh, I just want to preach and I'm running out of time. Oh, I just, where's the good spot? You will thrive when you know that God is on your side. 
You will rest when you know how much he loves you and cares for you. You will, you will experiment and, and do new and wonderful and different things and go to places and take missionary trips and give your money away and embrace difficult people and you will jump into life without fear when you know that God is yours and he is on your side because he will never break his covenant with you. We just need to believe his word to us. Because it is the covenant of heaven and it is unbreakable. And the authority flows, like the centurion said, I am a man under authority and so I know authority. If you don't enter under this authority, then you will never have authority. So I'd like you to join with me in one last thing. Could I get everybody to stand, please? And I'd love the worship team to come to the stage if you could. I want, I want us to read a covenant confession. This is a song of, of ascents. This is, the, this is a psalm that they would say, the people of God, they would say when they're going to meet with God. This is a covenant that they would reaffirm to themselves and to the Lord as they made their pilgrimage to the holy place to meet with God at Jerusalem once a year. They would ascend the mount of Jerusalem. They would climb the hill. That's why it's called a psalm of ascents. And as they were going, they would have memorized this psalm, and I want us to say it together. It says this. I want you to read with me. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. Now, I've got the next part, but I've personalized it. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade on my right hand. The sun shall not strike me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep me from all evil. He will keep my life. The Lord will keep my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your covenant towards us. We are so grateful for Jesus who has arranged such a blessed covenant with you and has guaranteed by his own death and resurrection his prayers and his words. We pray, Father, that you would give us a revelation in our hearts that you have made a covenant towards us that you will keep on your side because you cannot break your word and that you will protect us and watch over us and always preserve the covenant of forgiveness for us You will never stop being gracious, nor will you become punitive, but you are a God who shows compassion and love and forgiveness to all who sin and to all who fall astray. Lord, you love us, and you will never break the covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ, but you guarantee your love towards us. 
for all who have Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that you give people faith today to embrace your covenant and your truths and, Lord, to live by them. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts with certainty and conviction that you would help us to live free and to know that we are yours, that we are possessed by you, and you own our lives and our details of our lives and our thoughts and our bodies and our minds and our spirits. And Lord, you have control over us and authority over us. And so in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every other kind of authority, every other kind of power that would touch the people of God and in Jesus' name, I break the authority and power of every evil spirit. And we rebuke the lies of the enemy and command that they be gone from these people. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would fill us with the power and the authority of the covenant as we sit under it, Lord. And let us live in freedom, Lord, as we turn to our attention to you and worship now, Lord. I pray that you lift our hearts and give us revelation of your beauty and your glory as we stare upon you and remember you your words towards us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's praise the Lord and give him a clap offering. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.